welcome to a new episode of the V Superheroes. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, fine. Perfect, Stan. Perfect, yeah. Hey, um, Frederick, I, I um, promised you the last time we were um, going to do an episode about networking security. And I remembered that. Yeah, and today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be uh, the two-year-olds in, uh, in, uh, in your audience uh, asking why. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And I think that is, uh, that is exactly what you want. Um, so, um, so yeah, we want to, to spend 40 minutes um, about, about networking security and about a couple of use cases that you think are interesting enough to, 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 to share with the audience. And we can, uh, we can, of course, have multiple podcasts about the topic as well. If you want. That, that's the plan. So uh, they're all very interesting. Yeah? Um, but let's start with um, the security one. Mm -hmm. So to give you an idea, in terms of use cases, there is uh, what we call it a three-pillar approach, where the first set of use cases is all around security, mm -hmm. second one is all around automation, mm -hmm. and um, a, a third one about application availability, application survivability, yeah. if, if you want. Um, and this podcast, I'd like to talk about the security one okay. uh, first. Perfect. And wha why, why the security? Because I'm going to ask why questions. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in, in order to understand what the, the, the true value is of, of doing um, security-related stuff with, with NSX, because mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about here. Um, actually, so in my business unit, we, we have all kinds of security products. But this podcast, I just want to talk about NSX in, mm -hmm. in particular. Yeah. Uh, and, and why, if you want to understand the why, I think it's best to go and look how an, a, a modern data center is being secured today without mm -hmm. something like uh, NSX. So actually the, I'll call it the traditional data center yes, security. Yes. The, a, a generic data center. And yeah. I know there's a lot of um, other variations on, on this concept, but in 99% of the cases, they're all similar, right? So when we come, when we talk to customers, a customer tend to say, my network is unique, my security policy is unique, and then when you start digging and yeah, really... It's a, it's a general thing. Customers <coughs> find themselves unique, yeah. but they all have the same it's sort exactly of problems. It's exactly the same as their neighbor. Yeah, yeah and, and, it, and maybe if you look to verticals, okay, within a vertical they have different problems, but the solution is not that different from no, the no, other. No. So that's the, the, the approach is quasi-identical. Yeah. And it's just the level of security that they want. To yeah, exactly that. So uh, uh, across verticals, you have different levels of security. Uh, in, in, in healthcare, it, it makes sense that um, your, your personal data is properly secured, right? That's something you would expect. And uh, very similar to how our banking environments, uh, so money-related stuff is, is, is being secured. Not always the case in, in gen general enterprises. Um, it, it all has to do with, with security profile, security policies, and, and certain, um, what's the name I'm looking for, compliance mm -hmm. standards that yeah. they need to adhere or not. Uh, for instance, you have uh, stuff like PCI. Yeah. As soon as you start working with money, 
PCI's, uh, not, not the bus inside a PC, no, but no. The, the payment card industry uh, standard. Yeah. And then in healthcare, you have stuff like, uh, it's a US standard, but stuff like HIPAA, mm, health, yeah. uh, in, in yeah. health industry or health insurance, uh, wh- whatever. So there are certain uh, regulations, that was the word I was but looking it's for. But it's within industry or within yeah, the industry. D- definitely. So th- there's a big variation. But but in general, the, the approach is, is identical. Yeah. By which I mean that... Um, a lot of times it happens that when a when an organization wants to secure an environment, they tend to end up at uh, what I'd like to call the holy trinity of, of network security, which in my mind, and I don't know if everybody agrees, but in my mind that's uh, Palo Alto, Checkpoint, and uh, Fortinet. Those are, the, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the top three network security vendors. What they all have in common is that they are based around hardware appliances. Their, their focus is still today selling a box that sits somewhere in the network, on the perimeter, in the data center, on a, a, a daughter site somewhere in the field. It has a specific network function. And as a network device, it only understands network concepts like what's an IP address, what's, what's a network, what's a VLAN, what's a subnet, mm-hmm. because it does its job super well for all three of them they do a tremendous job they they are still specialized hardware specialized software as well Um, they have uh, an entire um, um, product management that 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 only is concerned about finding new threats Um, so there's a lot of money Mm. uh, involved in in making sure that they are the best and it's it's a constant race between at least those three three and others so th- that hardware is highly specialized, but it, it remains a network device, mm-hmm. by, by which I mean that um, it can only do its job for which it was designed when traffic goes over that device. Yeah. And in a lot of scenarios, in, in almost 100% of the cases, it acts as a form of, of gateway. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you start securing a, an, an, an enterprise, an environment, you tend to divide certain areas, zones, domains, uh, could be related to subnets and whatever, within that organization, Mm -hmm. and then start building policies that when somebody from a certain zone wants to talk to somebody else Mm -hmm. from another zone, it goes over that appliance. At that point, whatever kind of unique or next generation or whatever kind of security policy, at that point, it's it's being enforced. Mm Now, great. And that is, so, because we, we brought you a little bit off track, now we're back on track, yes. I believe. So we, we that is how, how the traditional data centers were secured. Correct, correct, right. correct. So, and like you said, that is how in 99% of the cases, security, or at least network security, because s- security is, mm-hmm. a, is a very broad term, right? Um, mm-hmm. I tend to believe that uh, the more layers that you can add from a security point of view yeah. to an application or an organization as a whole, the more secure you are, yeah. right? It, it still needs to be operationally feasible. It still yeah. needs to be user-friendly and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, but it's not only about network security. I'm just focusing yeah. on network security. Yeah. Now, right? um, so that being said, gr- great approach has worked for, let's say, the last 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years perhaps. Only it, it doesn't allow for a lot of flexibility because of the nature of that appliance. So imagine that you have secured your environment, you have your your appliances in place, you have built out a a segregative policy within your organization. Uh, 
Now you want to add stuff or change mm. stuff or scale stuff. Let's focus on adding stuff. Adding a new application in, mm. in, in VMware terms does not take long. Spawning a new virtual machine mm. takes a second, especially if there is a golden image sitting somewhere. Putting the right software within that virtual machine should not take long as well. We, all, we have all kinds of automation tools to make that possible, even outside of the VMware portfolio. There, there's a lot of stuff going on. So putting that workload, let's call it a workload, in, in place takes seconds, minutes. Now giving that workload the right connectivity to the rest of the network and making sure that happens in a secure way, how long does that take? Well, it depends on who you ask. Because um, putting that workload on a network is choosing, okay, which network? Mm -hmm. And how is it going to talk to the rest of my data center or my users or, or how are my users being able to, to access that workload? And how do I need to secure that? And every how or why that you need to answer is in relation to that appliance. So that means that there's a lot of plumbing that's necessary. Uh, not necessarily cabling, uh, physical cabling, but basically uh, from a technical point of view, it needs to be put in the right VLAN. Mm -hmm. That VLAN needs to be transported over that device. Before it gets to that device, it's, it needs to go over a layer of switches, a layer of routers, and then the security device, and then talk to whatever kind of workload yeah. you want to access. Now, look at that from a VMware point of view. It could happen that you have a, an, an ESX server, a hypervisor, where you have workload A, that is segregated from the traditional approach, as we just explained, from workload B. Yeah. Right? So, and even they sit on the same server. In reality, that means that workload A needs to leave the hypervisor, go over the switching, go over the routing, go to the security appliance to make that security decision, that, that inspection, etc., etc. That's and a concept like hairpinning. Then, uh... That's not even yet hairpinning, but I, I, I see what you're getting to. Um, what I'm trying to do, with a lot of words apparently, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it's it's simply not scalable, mm. uh -huh. especially not in an, in an agile environment or in an environment where there's a lot of changes and new workloads. I have so many customers today that ask, uh, tell me about securing containers, right? And ASIX plays a vital mm. role in, in, in that aspect. But some companies are thinking about containerizing their application when they haven't even scaled out their network in, in an automated way or doing security in an automated way. You, you can't start thinking about putting containers in place if you don't have the right infrastructure underneath it. Maybe a stupid question, but why? <laughs> why? So, and then let me go back to my, my previous, uh, <laughs> my, my previous explanation. So, containers are by nature volatile, mm. by, by which I mean that they, they are microservices, okay? So that means that um, in the morning you could spawn, I don't know, 10 containers to do a specific job, and then depending on the nature of the application, uh, it, by noon it's five, and then by night, again, depending on the nature of the application, could be 20 or 50. Mm. Yeah? That, that's very um, dynamic. In, in nature, because that's what we're looking for, uh, containers. Containers also has to do with portability, yeah. making sure that you uh, write code and that code survives independent of the infrastructure. Now, if you put a container <coughs> on a traditional network, it, uh, same problem arises. It needs to be put in the right VLAN, behind the right firewall, behind the right load balancer, et, et cetera, et cetera. 
imagine that you want to deploy some form of security, some form of segregation between containers, then there's a lot of, again, plumbing that needs to happen. Mm. Um, similar stuff, so write VLANs, different VLANs. Uh, if you want to put all your web servers for your web server containers then uh, in, in the same network, that means that all those web servers without any security controls are allowed to talk to each other. Something that NSX does is, is make sure that every container becomes what we then call a first-class citizen of, of, of the platform, so that even between containers you can do um, firewalling or I IPS or, or antivirus or, or whatever you want there. So the, the answer to why, a <laughs> short question, long answer, is um, whatever you put on that platform, whether it's a container or a VM or even bare metal uh, today, um, that it that NSX is in charge of making sure that it has the right connectivity, the, the right connectivity, the correct connectivity to other parts of the data center, the users, in a secure way, mm. right? You can't do that with traditional security. Otherwise, you, you, you need an, an entire team that needs to plumb, uh, needs to follow the, the, the way containers are, are, are being deployed in, in terms of connectivity and security. So that means if you do it in a traditional way, they would have a shitload of exactly work. exactly it's just with, with traditional approach and hardware based approach it's just not operationally feasible it's, you can't and get there and why is uh, why is um, NSX making the difference there okay so coming back <coughs> to my story thank you yeah. for that little bridge no uh, so I, I just explained the the, the problem in a legacy kind of approach what NSX does different is um, it does all of that in, in software. So coming back to my same example as before, two virtual machines sharing the same uh, physical host, right? NSX runs as, as a logical layer across all those hosts. Let's just focus on one host. That means that in, in the kernel, in the software, the, the, the software that's already there as part of the hypervisor, we start enforcing security. In reality, this means that as soon as a virtual machine wants to talk to another virtual machine, it needs to go through that kernel, through that hypervisor, which makes that hypervisor the ideal point to start enforcing security. It becomes a central point that's omnipresent in, in the entire data center. So by employing uh, firewalling, by um, making sure that we are a, a platform for uh, the, the holy trinity that I mentioned earlier, the, the checkpoints and the Palo Altos and the, the fortinets of this world, to have a place on that platform to bring their intelligent, sorry, their uh, intellectual property to that platform to provide anti-malware, uh, IDS, IPS, whatever you want from those engines, that makes that platform ideal to do mm -hmm. security because your, your, your packets, your flow, your communication needs to go through that hypervisor layer anyway. Oh. Yeah, that's that's where your application sits. It's it's leveraging that. So platform. basically, we're putting firewall closer to where the VMs live. That's oh, sorry, yes. we're pr putting security closer where to where the VMs. Absolutely, live. yeah. That, okay. Yeah, that's a good summary. Yeah. <laughs> Should have started with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a way I understood it. So that's yeah, okay. no, but see, if it's understood, then it, then, it, then it's fine. Um, that's that's exactly where we're doing it. So very close. You can't get closer to the application without being part of the application itself. Um, that's the function of the hypervisor. So the ideal point to enforce security. Yeah. And, and not only that, but, but as a hypervisor, we can bring a lot of context 
to security, something that a traditional uh, physical appliance simply cannot do. Because yeah. again, those network devices, they only know network concepts. Sure, you can add Active Directory, uh, user-based firewalling, or role-based firewall, all, all of that. But in itself, it's just a box enforcing whatever you've learned it to do. Yeah. It's a nice thing. Uh, we talked about hypervisor, and maybe we will come to that, but what about the physical world? There are still customers that have physical workloads like Oracle, those kind of things. Correct, uh, correct. How can we handle that? So um, r rule number one when you talk to VMware is virtualize everything. E everything, yeah. right? So um, one, one answer to that question is, why not virtualize those those databases? Mm. Uh, VMware is properly scaled and proper, very capable of, of making sure those uh, applications that are typically tied to hardware have a place to live and perform in some cases even better than than when they were running on hardware. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes but for we, we know we know some some of the um, the colleagues in the market I would say are um, and application colleagues in the market are. Uh, very fond on their their licenses mm. and uh, are, exactly. are are trying to uh, to basically um, get their um, get their customer in a headlock and customer can't get out of it. Well, mm. exactly, they that think they can't get out of exactly. it. Exactly. So then then it doesn't become a technological <coughs> discussion. No. It becomes a license or a support issue. Correct. Even for for those workloads, uh, there are some ways to make sure they have um, a foot, if you want, a foot in the door. A presence w within NSX. Mm -hmm. The easiest way, so three ways. The easiest way to get to those physical workloads is is by routing. To, that's mm -hmm. a connectivity uh, ap approach, right? So we're not securing at any in any way that physical workload at, at that point. We're just making sure that you have the proper connectivity towards yeah. and from the, the, those workloads. Another way is, is bridging. <coughs> so if you can't route. And again, I'm gonna make T-shirts that say "When in doubt, route." route. <laughs> Please route wherever you can. Much more scalable than anything else. Uh, but when you can't, and and workloads, virtual workloads, need to be in, on on the same broadcast domains, on the, the same subnet uh, as the as the physical, then we need to bridge. That's a layer two. Uh, while, while routing is a layer three phenomena, layer two is uh, if you want to stitch those together, it's it's bridging. One of the unique features of NSX is that we have a bridge firewall. Mm -hmm. So workloads that reside on the VLAN side, as soon as they start talking to the workloads that sit on the VXLAN for NSXV or Geneva site for NSXT, they can be firewalled, even on, on layer two. So that's one way of doing it. And then the ultimate way is putting an agent on that bare metal. Mm -hmm. By putting an agent on that physical device, that physical device becomes, again, a first-class citizen of NSX, yeah. mm -hmm. just like any other any, any other workload. And then it can be properly uh, firewalled or load-balanced or VPN from and to and all of that. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm uh, a bit of the advocate of the devil for the moment. If you put an agent on a, an operating system, it's always an attack surface. Mm -hmm. What about that security around that? Um, so that's why I've mentioned it last. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of agents because of the overhead mm. that it brings. You need to manage that agent, make sure it's up to date and follow the operating system and stuff like that. Um, and it's true. As soon as you put an agent on there, it shares the same attack surface. And whatever NSX is doing is all about shrinking that attack surface. Mm. So in order to get to that physical workload, any 
packet, any flow has already passed certain mechanisms mm. before getting there. Mechanisms like uh, the distributed router, the distributed firewall, other stuff before it hit that yeah. physical workload. So that physical workload in itself we can secure from an NSX point of view uh, by putting firewall policies on top of it. But I agree, eh, there, there are ways around an, an agent, mm -hmm. uh, um, like you put it perfectly. If, if your security mechanism shares the same attack factor as what you're trying to protect, it's perhaps not the best way. That, that's why I mentioned it, it, it last. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the thing and is, the first thing that you said then, virtualize everything. So Vir actually, virtualize everything. Where you can, please virtualize. But we do understand that in some scenarios you can't virtualize, and then those are the alternatives yeah. to, to, to get there. Perfect. Okay. Uh, <coughs> jumping to an another um, use case. Yes. <coughs> I think um, talking about being physically separated. Correct. Um, I think there's another use case where, for example, DMZ and stuff like that is also one of the yes. use cases. Yes. 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 Uh, and maybe we can uh, we can talk about about that as well and 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 what NSX um, is changing there. Yes. Good. I like the fact that you say changing there because that's exactly what it's doing. <laughs> So uh, traditionally, a, a lot of organizations have built out uh, DMZ uh, mm -hmm. areas. I'm going to try to pronounce it. It's called a demilitarized zone. Demilitarized zone. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you if you ever play Scrabble and you're able to put that down on the board, you've won the game. Is it is it uh, two words or one one word? Uh, zone is another word. If that's, <laughs> that's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so. Demilitarized will be the word for Scrabble. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. Because with zone you will not win. No, no, no. <laughs> just there's a Z in there, which is worth <laughs> a lot of points. But anyway. <laughs> so uh, what they've been doing is, is building a zone that's logically separated from internal workloads in internal applications from one end, and on the other end, the, the un untr something untrusted, like typically the internet. In that zone, you will typically find front-end like applications delivering a web interface for Pro instance proxy proxies yes um, a web interface for an application and then the logic of that application sits within the secured perimeter of, of the data center the databases as well why such a zone because with with the tools that were available at that time it made sense to make a layer of firewalls between the internet and that zone and another layer of firewalls between that zone and the internal uh, applications and the, the rest of the application um, because again those were the tools that, that were available now in, uh, in in practice it's rarely two layers of firewall it's typically one firewall with multiple interfaces mm. eh? Um, that doesn't matter, the, the concept still applies. Now, those layer of firewalls, uh, there's been a trend in, in the last decade at least to do the dual vendor approach, uh, where you say, okay, we have uh, vendor X at the outside and vendor Y in, on the inside. If vendor X didn't find it, there's a good chance Y will find it and, and vice versa. Those were the tools at hand, made sense to do that, is, is a military term as well, so that it's coming from there. Now, wh what I'm going for is, if you virtualize something, you share the common hypervisor. And with NSX, we already know that we can simply firewall each workload from one another, right? So um, nobody in practice is, is making a firewall around each and every workload. We approach it as one big firewall, 
and then use application logic and the context that I mentioned earlier uh, to, to make that again operational feasible. Uh, it, it's not that if you have a thousand virtual machines that you need to make a thousand policies. Uh, uh, that's not what we want. You it's, want it's possible. You want to make one policy or a couple of policies to 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 secure a couple of workloads. Exactly. That's what exactly. You want. Yeah. It's like basic mat mathematics. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <coughs> so um, as as a firewall, um, the firewall that's provided by NSX is what we call a stateful layer four firewall. Okay. Um, which means to to anticipate your next question yeah. that why <laughs> <laughs> to uh, which means that it knows what um, an IP address is basically and a, a service like a port mm -hmm. so uh, IPX to IPY over port Z are, am I going to allow that yes or no that that's what it knows which is already fine within a data center but uh, in modern days absolutely not enough. It makes more sense to do stuff around anti-malware, IDS, IPS, um, generally speaking, what we call next generation firewall features, uh -huh. right? They're, they're all bundled together in, in, in those kind of solutions. And as in itself doesn't do that, but it is still the platform that allows the whole Trinity and yeah, the security vendors out there to bring their scanning engines, their intellectual property on top of NSX. Uh -huh. At that point, we now have the capabilities to secure every workload from any other workload all the way up to layer 7. Which, and now I'm summarizing, means that every virtual, every workload, not just virtual, every workload becomes its own DMZ. Yeah, because, because you're, you're, you're putting a wrapper around each workload. It, it is secured in the highest way possible yeah. from IT point of view uh, from one another. So there's no reason to build out a dedicated DMZ zone anymore because every workload is already secured from one another mm -hmm. to the highest degree. All right. Cool. So customers don't, do not need dedicated hardware, those kind of things. Absolutely they can not. Yeah. use their full stack of, of clustering and then exactly, put their exactly. DMs on that. So what we're aiming for with NSX, and NSX is definitely the glue in there, is like a, a cloud-like model. Mm. From the basis, and vSAN absolutely plays a role in that as yeah. well, from from the from foundation, yeah. we, we create a pool of resources. A pool of resources used to simply exist out of uh, compute resources, memory, CPU, storage. Now we simply add network and security mm. to, yeah. to that as well, all shared across a common uh, Which common is platform. also a good thing, because if I look at, at, uh, at most of the customers, and as you said, 99% or 95%, all of them have a a cluster for workload X, yeah. a cluster for workload Y. That's gone. And right now you just you just utilize, so basically the story that VMware started with 20 years ago, Consolidate, mm -hmm. that is now being spread over all workloads with, with, with everything, all clusters, all, all resource pools, whatever uh, you want to call it. And then right now you put everything on one piece of hardware exactly. or one resource pool. That's what just just like, like, like Visa and uh, Stan, we have documents and, and formulas mm -hmm. and... and, and mathematical calculations that uh, can help our customer in deciding what the gain is of consolidating all yeah. of that. That has to do, that has to do with uh, return on investment and, and yeah. long-term usage. And, uh, also and operational, and operational yeah. exp uh, CapEx, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Because yeah. if I understand you well, um, if a customer now has, let's say, 10 firewalls, mm -hmm. at this moment they would uh, they would only secure their parameter potentially with the hardware, mm -hmm. and then from there on we could do it with NSX. That, that's a great example. In, in that practical example, I would even 
argue that I can uh, diminish the number of firewalls to one mm -hmm. to secure the perimeter where it becomes physical, yeah. what we call north-south traffic. Yeah. And everything that's then east-west between workloads is A, preferably virtualized, mm -hmm. so we can control them. And if not, we know the alternatives to, to yeah, do it. To do that. Yeah. I also remember from back in the days when uh, specific hardware vendors, they always sold their hardware boxes on bandwidth and those mm -hmm. kind of things. So mm -hmm. that's also a cost that you could diminish yep. because if you look at DMZ and you need bandwidth. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So uh, one of the things is, let, let's say you have a, a, a 10 gig network. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the common available bandwidth in within your data center is 10 gig. That means from a practical point of view that your, your switches, your routers, your firewalls um, all need to support 10 gig throughput. Um, if your way towards the data center is, is not 10 gig, let's say in Belgium terms, two gigs, four gigs, that's already quite a lot, mm -hmm. um, then that's your bottleneck, right? So wh why do you need a firewall that supports 10 gig while your um, internet gateway, your, your, your leg towards the internet, uh, your uplink is only two because of the internal requirements. Yeah, the internal traffic. Yeah, yeah. Your, your internal traffic should not be bothered by that bottleneck. Nope. And they need to, since you're switching and your routing is 10 gig, they need to talk internally between them 10 gig, right? Um, so what we then do with NSX is take care of all of that. Um, first of all, for your information, on, on a modern server, uh, a typical x86 server, NSX can deliver uh, 40 gigs easily mm. from throughput perspective, right? Uh, even if it's sharing the same hypervisor, it's instant. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> if, if it is in the same hypervisor, yeah, it's it's very hard to calculate. You <laughs> can do the metering there, but taking a physical network into account, 40 gigs for us is, is very easy to, to mm. achieve. Yeah. So that definitely does not become the bottleneck. So um, by, by using NSX, the, the, the bandwidth is assured mm. um, within the data center. And then as soon as it needs to leave the data center, the function of that firewall changes. It's no longer that physical firewall. It's no longer in charge of, of uh, making security decisions between internal workloads. Mm -hmm. No, it's just there to secure from the, the, the filthy, Outside, the yeah. filthy <coughs> internet. So its role changes, the, the, the bandwidth is scaled down as well. So the, the cost of licensing and the cost of hardware that's, that's tied to that specific device is diminished. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of gain to there's a lot of to, there's a lot to be gained. Uh, I yeah. want, uh, I want to say. Uh, from an from an operational perspective, apart from uh, so we we are we are um, moving workloads uh, together, <coughs> securing them within SX every VM on itself with a policy. What are the 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 operational things that a an, an, call it an, a network admin is now his role is changing. Mm -hmm. What are the what are the things that he can let go, to go a little bit frozen. Go Elsa, <laughs> let it go, let it go. Let but, it go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, how, how? What are the things that, that are changing for that network admin? So, um, one thing that sticks out is while he still can, he should not be bothered with stuff like IP addresses anymore. Mm -hmm. In in a modern data center, especially with microservices in mind, an IP address is very volatile. Yeah. It could be that a workload has a specific IP address in the morning, then uh, gets uh, booted down and gets the 
gets deleted or whatever, yeah. phased out, and then in the in the afternoon comes back up with an entirely different IP address with another role. Yeah, but the, ser- the service is the same. But the service yeah. is the same, exactly that. So the role of the network and security administrator changes more towards the application. Right. The the policies that he's going to create, the logic that he's going to be building in the platform is all tied to the application. Yeah. Again, while he still can, uh, we still have that functionality in NSX, he's still allowed to build policies on IP addresses and subnets and VLANs and whatever he wants. But what I see in the market is that they step away from that and become the policies and the strategies become more application-oriented. Yeah. Um, the, the easiest explanation there is define how your application works, which is still a lot of work in itself. But once that is done, that policy becomes portable um, within the infrastructure and as we'll discover in another podcast, across clouds as, as, as well. I, as yeah. I said, I think in the previous podcast, put your uh, put your VM in a bag and yeah. put, it, put yeah. it whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, there, uh, we, there, we there's one still... Okay. Uh, point I want to add okay um, we we've, oh, we didn't mention uh, uh, the, the glue to uh, my namesake uh, I was going to ask the question because uh, it's, it's a bit in my ballpark exactly, I would say exactly. so, uh, one, one so end user exactly exactly one last thing I wanted to add about security is the fact uh, that we can secure end users as well that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we're going to secure your mobile device or your portal. It it still always has to tie in with the data center. So from the data center point of view, what we're capable of doing with NSX is first of all tie in into an uh, LDAP uh, structure like typically Active Directory, understand what roles and functions are of uh, workloads as part of an operational unit and users as part of another operational unit. At that point, we can then make strategies that say, okay, all my engineers, and we read that out from an operational unit, are allowed to access engineering servers, which is another, that's one policy, one line, Mm -hmm. engineering servers. What does that mean practically? That means that if you, again, virtualize everything, so your desktops are also virtualized, if you log in into such a desktop that we see that login happening from Active Directory point of view, that we understand what the role and function is of that specific person logged in, and then uh, dynamically change the security strategy around that workload, around that virtual desktop, in function of who he is. Mm. Practical example, uh, you, Frederik, you log into a virtual desktop, you are an engineer, you are uh, known by Active Directory as an engineer, because you are an engineer, the security strategy will allow you to access back-end engineer resources, workloads. Mm. Uh, applications you log out somebody else with a different role logs in in the same virtual desktop then the policy will have changed around that dynamically so the 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 guest uh, the desktop is not aware that it has changed there's no agent running inside of the the guest to make that happen Um, well that's not exactly true but not from a firewall point uh, of view anyway so we dynamically change the, the, mm. the security strategy around the virtual machine. That, that's one point. That's for typically virtual desktops. Now, there's um, that's pretty easy to do because the IP address is something we know. Mm. And even though the user changes, the IP address remains the same. So yeah. we can tie that back to the IP address and enforce it in there. There's another way o- of doing this. And this is more has to do with remote desktops and multiple yeah. sessions. And the Citrix kind of uh, approach or the Microsoft remote mm-hmm. desktop. The Horizon. Uh, kind Horizon. Of Thank you. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what I meant. 
um, which means that multiple users are now sharing the same IP address. Now, from a security point of view, this is a nightmare mm. uh, because from the network only sees one IP address and how the hell does it need to distinguish between those sessions? That's something that NSX does as well. Mm. So we leverage the broker side of, of those things so we can determine what the specific session at that point in time is for that specific user, tie that to the IP address and then force it then per session. Mm. So uh, multiple sessions can say that multiple users, sorry, mm. can have multiple sessions on the same, behind the same IP address and yet we can still properly secure them from, from one another. To be honest, that is really cool. That is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very underestimated thing. But maybe something that I always also tell to my customers, so uh, if I look at uh, mobility at, at a whole, um, I always tell about per-app VPN. Mm -hmm. So, um, and tied in with NSX, it's also really secure. Um, the combination of those two, because we secure the device at one, at one hand only for the application parts, and at the back end you say, hey, this application can only touch this, this, and this service. Absolutely, and you summarized it perfectly. That That's the perfect end-to-end -end security. Mm. From an, an, an AirWatch perspective, I, I think I might call it, we can secure the mobile itself, the way it is accessed, mm. from, from who is using it, from where it's being used, uh, etc. And then as soon as the application on the mobile is launched, uh, it's making a tunnel, a VPN tunnel, mm. a secure tunnel back to the data center. The data center in, in itself is segregated, and then in function of who accesses which application, we tighten that segregation in again in, yeah. in function of who, who's accessing it. So it, it is really end-to-end -end, uh, security applied to all the aspects of the chain. Woohoo! <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's something to be proud of, I would say. Hey, and and Frederick, we, we still have time for one use case. Okay. Um, or uh, an. Um, Maybe I, I give you the choice. One use case or um, an, an, a tip that nobody really knows about NSX. <coughs> so you can you can make the choice or you go for a use case and I will ask the question again in another podcast <laughs> about so the tip or whatever. Something that's regularly overlooked is, is the fact that it's hypervisor technology. Mm -hmm. And that's a big plus here. Um, something that we can provide from a security point of view mm -hmm. is context. Mm -hmm. We as a hypervisor have the best understanding of what your workload is. For instance, whenever you spawn a new workload, the first question that the hypervisor asks is, is it a Windows or a Linux, mm. basically? So we, who is you? Sorry? Who is you? Okay. So we at least know the, the, the flavor of the operating mm. system. Then by leveraging automation principles, we also have a good understanding of what's running inside the guest mm -hmm. uh, machine, inside the virtual machine. We also have things like guest introspection and, mm -hmm. and, and VM tools that learn us what processes are that are running in, inside, the pro in, inside the guest machine. So a practical example, let's say if you have a, a web server sitting somewhere and the Apache service is running, mm -hmm. um, even though nobody told the hypervisor that it is going to be a web server, because the fact that that service is running there, because we see traffic on, on port 80, on port 443, so HTTP, HTTPS, uh -huh. there's a good chance that it's going to be a web server. That's context that a traditional network appliance yeah, doesn't see, doesn't see, doesn't know, unless you tell him to do exactly that. Yeah. So by bringing the context to, first of all, our security uh, strategy, it's, it greatly simplifies how the policies are being built because mm -hmm. you can take those virtual attributes in, 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 into context, in, in, into uh, consideration. 
and by making by, by having that context and making that available to the third party um, inspection tools uh -huh. like the, again Palo Alto checkpoint and uh, Fortinet and many others uh, I need to mention trend micro as well uh -huh. but there are many many others I can't mention them all so sorry um, we give context to them as well yeah so that means that we actually say dear let's make trend micro as let's take trend micro as an example dear trend micro I've already pre-packaged everything you need to look at, but just look at it, tell me if it's fine, and then give it back to me so I can send it over the wire. Are you now saying we make their products better? Or their service better? We make their service better. Their, their product, that's their own uh, yeah. responsibility. But we, we just, we already filter out all unnecessary things. Mm. And we just say, okay, this is the minimum the absolute minimum kind of communication that needs to happen between these two workloads, yeah. please look at just this. Yeah. Um, that doesn't that that means that we're not overusing a certain service. Um, that that service is, is is just doing what we're telling him to do, mm -hmm. making making him smarter basically. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's a good yeah. summary. Making yeah. making the service better and so yeah. smarter. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 exactly. Cool. Hey, cool. Um, Freddy, do you want to add something? Well, maybe one more question. Um, it's it's nice technology and so on, um, but how do you start with that? Uh, how do you build your policies? How do you um, see your workloads? And because uh, as a net, I'm not a network admin, but I can imagine that is quite difficult or qu quite a new approach on on the to total thing that they are doing today. Great question. So as, as we established earlier, we have some form of segregation already, typically in a data center. So between certain zones of the data center, security administrators have a pretty good understanding of what the security policy is. The challenge lies when you start building policies between workloads within such a zone. Mm. Then the key is visibility. Uh, VMware, through a product called vRealize Network Insight, makes that visible shows you how applications are talking um, between segregated parts of the network, between VLANs, between subnets, but also within those subnets, typically. By making that visual, you can make a calculated decision on, on saying, okay, this is the kind of flows, this is the data that I see between uh, applications, and it becomes the ideal demarcation point, if you want, the ideal point of reflection to make sure that the, the, the data that you see is actually the data that is needed. Because through that information, that's how you're going to build your policies. From a manual perspective or from an automated perspective, VRNI, the product I just mentioned, will give you recommended policies. It will say, okay, this is the kind of traffic that I see between the two workloads that you mentioned. I think, as a product, because I don't know what the application is, um, that these are the minimum ports that, that you need. Um, again, perfect reflection point to make sure, okay, I see a lot of traffic. I think I only need two or three services to allow my application to keep working and the rest I can block. Um, so that's making your life easier as well. Uh, VRNI in itself used to be unable to determine what an application was. It just looked at a workload in itself. Mm -hmm. Now in the, the, the latest releases, releases, we can tie that back to a CMDB uh, kind of infrastructure and learn from those infrastructure what your application actually is. 
so there's a lot of intelligence added to that decision making process as well. Mm-hmm. Taking the thinking work and the decision making process out of the equation so that you basically end up with a policy and it's just up to you to apply it or not. Everything is policy based. Everything is awesome. <laughs> and perfect. <coughs> and with and with, with that I would say uh, we, we we can conclude it I think and I think we have a 40 minutes uh, a podcast to inform a little bit about about the capabilities of NSX, a little bit of the use cases. Um, for sure, we will get back and we will we'll circle back with new use cases and other use cases. Can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> there will be new use, use cases or existing use cases that we didn't discuss yet um, popping up all over the place. So uh, we will revert back or circle back to this uh, to this topic as well. Hey, um, thank you guys for uh, for joining the podcast as always. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, and thank you for uh, the the storytelling. And uh, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, let's uh, talk soon. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye.